Spring into reading this season with the Biblio Lifestyle 2024 Spring Reading Guide. In this season's guide, I've handpicked 21 of the best new books and I've organized them across six categories. So whether you're looking for a romance novel that will give you a happily ever after, a thrilling mystery to keep you guessing, or an immersive historical fiction book, this guide has a book or three or seven just for you. Now, if 21 books sounds like too much for you, there's a minimalist reads list in the guide, which includes a list of six must-read books from across genres. But wait, that's not all. The spring reading guide also includes fun recipes, spring activities and lifestyle tips. So head on over to springreadingguide.com and download your copy of the guide. That's springreadingguide.com and download your free copy of the 2024 spring reading guide. So download your free copy and discover your next favorite book. Happy reading! Hello, I'm Victoria from Biblio Lifestyle, and you're listening to the Reader's Couch podcast, the show that will help you bridge the gap between living a full and busy life to one where you're reading, learning new things and having fun. In today's episode, I'll be talking all about beach reads, from defining what a beach read is and briefly dipping our toes into the history of it all. Plus, I'll share five brand new summer books from across genres that I believe would make for great beach reads. So whether you'll be reading at the beach, by the pool, in your backyard or on your couch, I think you'll enjoy this episode. So stay tuned. Hi there, could you do me a favour really quick? Would you pretty please subscribe to the show, leave me a five star rating if you like it and share an episode or two with your bookish friends? Better yet, if you could drop a link to the show or to your favourite episode in your book club or bookish group chat, that works too. I promise it only takes a few seconds, it really helps the show, plus I'll be incredibly grateful for it. So thanks in advance and now on to the episode. Well, hello there and welcome to another episode of the Reader's Couch podcast. Today, I'll be talking all about beach reads. But before I get into the episode, I have to shout out my friend Brie from the Categorically Romance podcast. Now, I did an episode with her on beach reads over on her show. It's episode 222. I'll put a link in the show notes. But I talked about beach reads on that episode. Plus, I shared a lot about how I ended up as a content creator and organizer and just everything I do. So if you want to get to know me more and my backstory, plus get some good beach read recommendations, give that episode a listen. 
But anyway, I'm super excited to talk about beach reads. First, we're going to talk about what a beach read is historically, according to online definitions. We'll touch a bit into history and I'll share five books. I'll probably give you a bonus as well that I think would be great beach reads. And all these books are from different genres because I'm here to tell you a beach read is essentially anything you want it to be. It's what you make it. But I wanted to give a bit of structure to the episode by providing some context, some history, and some definitions. So yeah. Okay, so first off, what is a beach read? Now, a beach read, according to the Macmillan Dictionary, a beach read is a book you can take on holiday, which is good enough to keep you engaged, but not so serious it will spoil your holiday. So according to this definition, I feel we're looking for three things here. We're looking for something that can keep you engaged, not so serious, and it won't spoil your holiday or your vacation. Now, I found this definition when I did a casual Google search. And on my Google searching, I also wanted to learn more about the history of beach reads. And I have to say, the history is quite fascinating. So going back to that Google search, I found this article by Katie Walderman, and it's in The New Yorker, and it's entitled The Invention of the Beach Read. It's a great read. I'll include a link in the show notes so you can read it as well. But essentially, she's saying, that this began in the early 1900s. Now, the term beach read was not coined in the early 1900s, but what really started in the early 1900s was more about the craze surrounding summer reading. So, in the early 1900s, this started due to two major developments. One, travel became easier and more widely accessible due to steamships and railroads. So, it kind of gave folks the opportunity to escape the overcrowded cities. And the second element is that with this increase in travel, with these um, industrial developments, folks were inspired to do all this because the magazines of the time, the newspapers of the time, they all started running articles on resort towns and summer activities, things to do and things to buy. And a lot of the imagery back then would include idle strolls and of course, leisurely reading. So when all of this started to happen, folks were trying to escape overcrowded cities. Um, Now they have more accessible ways to travel. They're being inspired, you know, through their newspapers and their magazines of that time. That's when the trend really started. And of course, publishers jumped on this trend and they started creating summer reading lists and guides and series to help folks stay occupied for the entire summer. So from a historical perspective, it's very important to kind of note where the whole concept of summer reading began. Now, the term beach read actually came into popular use during the 1990s. So again, while the trend of summer reading began in the early 1900s, the term beach read was more of, you know, something a bit more modern. So this is the 1990s. So 
in my opinion, right, and I encourage you to read the article yourself, draw your own conclusions, but my conclusion is that Beach Reads was just nothing more than a marketing push based on the whole summer reading craze of the early 1900s. I also find it interesting because the reading craze of the 1900s, the early 1900s, it was incredibly superficial. You know, it was common back then to read books in the summer you wouldn't normally read at any other time of the year. These books were also usually very light, very fluffy, very little substance to it, and exclusively marketed to women. I mean, back then, men weren't even considered or taken into account when promoting and marketing beach reads. They were not that audience. So there is quite a history behind it. Um, and I honestly find it quite fascinating. But kind of fast forwarding to present day, I don't ascribe to any of these, you know, historical or traditional um, limitations or restrictions or requirements of what makes a beach read. I personally believe that what defines a beach read is unique to each reader. So what's a beach read for me might not be a beach read for you, and that is completely okay. My main requirement is that it's something I'm interested in. It's something that has me engaged. It can be entertaining, but it can also have depth. And I also think because we're in a time where there's so many genre bending, uh, genre crossovers, uh, multi-genre books nowadays, a book that is light doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't have depth, you know? So I don't want folks to kind of mistake lightness for a lack of depth. I know some folks think that it has to have a unique setting. So let's evaluate that. Like, does a beach read have to be set in the summer or set on the beach or set on vacation? I mean, for some readers, that might be the case. But for me, absolutely not. When we think about the mood of the book, does it have to be lighthearted to the point where the book has no substance, has no depth? I think not. A beach read can be light, can be serious, but it can also have depth. But I don't think we should limit ourselves um, to these historical early 1900s confines. I think a beach read is unique to each reader. It's what you make it. And it's just a book that you are reading that is of interest to you. So whether you're reading it on your couch, on the beach, near the pool, in your backyard, or even under the covers in your bed, whatever you're reading this summer, once you're enjoying it, once you're loving on it, it can be considered a beach read. But if you have a different take on it, I want to hear from you. So, you know, drop me a DM, send me an email, let me know your thoughts on what makes a beach read. Alrighty, so now that we've discussed a bit about what a beach read is, what defines a beach read, a bit about the history of beach reading and summer reading and all that good stuff, I'm super excited to share some book recommendations with you. So if you're looking for books that will provide an escape, if you're looking for books from across genres, if you're looking for books that are perfect for a day at the beach or the pool, in your backyard, relaxing day on the couch or even under the covers in bed, I have some great book recommendations for you. So all these books are 2023 summer releases and again they're from across genres. So the first book on my list is a romance and this book is entitled Ciao for Now by Kate Bromley. 
Ciao for Now is an enemies to lovers rom-com set in Rome about an American interning at a fashion house and who butts heads with the designer's son. And of course, it's a rom-com. So even though they get off on the wrong foot, they get to know each other and it turns into love. Now, what I really enjoyed about this book is the setting. So if you're looking for an escape, summertime, it's set in the summertime. If you're looking for armchair travel, this will give you all the vibes vibes and just kind of reading how these two fall in love again, getting off on the wrong foot, finding out they will be living in the same villa for the rest of the trip. So there's a bit of close proximity into it. And then just kind of seeing our main character just let go of her past, you know, kind of find friendship, find love. You know, you're going to be cheering for her all the way. So if you're looking for a great romance that will give you that armchair travel vibe, I highly recommend Ciao for Now by Kate Bromley. All right, book two on my list is for my cozy mystery readers, and I really adored this one. I think you'll love it too, and it's entitled A Most Agreeable Murder by Julia Seals. Now, in this novel, a wealthy bachelor drops dead at a ball, and a young lady who's present takes on the role of detective, and obviously to solve the murder and prevent more murders from happening at said ball. So this is a comedy of murder, comedy of manners. It's just... Oh, so good. So it's set in the 19th century and, you know, it's a very, it's a novel of its time. I think this will really appeal to fans of Jane Austen. So we meet this family. They have daughters only. Of course, none of them can inherit anything because, you know, back then an estate could only go to a man. And then there's this cousin who's kind of, you know, he's kind of plotting and planning to uh, take over the family's property uh, when the father passes away. So the family's hope now is that one of the daughters will get a marriage proposal from a wealthy bachelor that they meet at this annual ball. Now, one of the bachelors dies during the festivities and our main character, her name is Beatrice, she teams up with an actual detective to solve the crime. Now, there's something you must know about our main character, Beatrice. She loves solving crimes. This girl is obsessed with true crimes. She gets her hands on any information about any crime. She reads it. She plots and plans in her head how she would go about it and how she would solve it. So, obviously, when the bachelor drops dead at the ball, she has her opportunity. So, I really enjoyed this. I love the plot. I, you know, it was just very well done. It's filled with humor. And yeah, I just really had a great time. So if you're looking for a cozy mystery, um, I think again, this would really appeal to Jane Austen fans. I highly recommend A Most Agreeable Murder by Julia Seals. Right, book three on the list is contemporary fiction. Um, you know, this is a bit literary, a bit cultural, but more than anything, this is a satire. And it's a satire of the publishing industry. I think you know the book I'm talking about. It's entitled Yellow Face by R.F. Kuang. 
Now, odds are you have seen or heard of this book at some point or time since its publication, maybe even before. I'm really curious what uh, folks think about this book. So I have been gobbling up reviews and opinions on this title because I think it's really interesting. So it's a satire of the publishing industry. It's very important to kind of note that. And in the book, we meet a struggling novelist who steals the manuscript left by her dead college friend and she does a few edits and then she passes this novel off as her own. And of course, the book blows up. It does extremely well. And we see how this writer who stole the work, how she grew increasingly anxious as she was accused online of stealing But it doesn't end there. It isn't as simple. We also see questions on the dead friend. If she was even the right person to tell this story. Um, We see, you know, the publishing professional side of it. We also see online, social media. Um, We see their reaction as well. So I think it's just a really good thought-provoking satire of the publishing ecosystem. So it's not just the publishing professionals. It's really everyone involved. So anyways, I'm not going to spoil it further. I hope you give this one a go. It's Yellow Face by R.F. Kuang. Okay, book four on my list is a mystery and thriller selection, and this one's entitled Bad Summer People by Emma Rosenblum. So this is a debut novel, and I really love the fact that set during the summertime in an exclusive fictional town on Fire Island. So in this book, we meet a cast of characters. They're quite a cast, and they're kind of like upper-class New Yorkers who go to this fictional town for summer holidays day every year. And the second they disembark from the ferry, trouble is brewing. And this trouble is between themselves. But then also let's throw in the fact that their entire summer was upended when a dead body was discovered face down off the side of a boardwalk. Now, it's a mystery and thriller, so there's really not much I can say without spoiling the plot. But what I will say is this is the book for you if you love reading about people behaving badly and about how superficial people can be. I think you'll really enjoy this one. This book also shines with the setting and the atmosphere. I think it's really incredibly transportive. Another great element is just how claustrophobic this small community is is it's one of those towns where everyone is in everyone's business and there's lots of gossip and these characters are just terrible. So if you love reading that kind of book, plus throwing in a mystery, then this book is for you. So again, I'm recommending you read Bad Summer People by Emma Rosenblum. Okay, book four on my list is a historical fiction selection, and I'm pitching this one as a book to read if you love, one, historical fiction, two, espionage, and three, summer love. Now, I think what this book does incredibly well is the setting. So it's like we get complex characters, really great setting, great writing, I think you'll be hooked from the very first page. And the book I'm recommending is The Beach at Summerley by Beatrice Williams. 
So this book is set in 1946 at first and we meet our main character Emilia who had dreams of leaving for college but she had to hit the pause button because she had to care for her mom when she fell ill. Now she then gets an opportunity to babysit for this wealthy family who has this beachfront estate and while babysitting there we see a little bodding romance between our main character Emilia and one of the sons of this wealthy family family who just returned from the war. Now, while there, she meets this man who turns out to be an FBI agent who needs her help in proving that one of the family members of this wealthy family is a Soviet spy. So we have that storyline, but then also the book fast forwards to, um, I think it's eight, eight or 10 years later, when we then see Emilia again. She's attending college, pursuing her degree, but she's contacted again by said FBI agent who is requesting her help again. So we also get flashbacks to kind of learn more about when she first met this FBI agent, the fallout with the wealthy family, and we see what is happening with her in the present day. Um, these characters are so so well drawn. The narrative is just very well paced. The plot is well paced and the setting was just absolutely stunning. So this is historical fiction, but I think this is better read in the summer, actually. I really enjoyed it. It will transport you back to mid-century New England, and it's a book that's filled with secrets, again, espionage, and of course, summer love. So I hope you'll give this one a go. It's The Beach at Summerley by Beatrice Williams. Okay, book six on my list is for my non-fiction readers who were probably thinking, Victoria's leaving me hanging here. Give me a non-fiction selection. So, of course, I have one. And the book I'm recommending is The Con Queen of Hollywood by Scott C. Johnson. Now, this book is riveting. And I would say this is, um, this book is for fans of true crime. And this book chronicles the international hunt for a con artist who impersonated entertainment executives and exploited creators and gig workers. Now, this book is written by a journalist, journalist Scott C. Johnson. And like I said, this is like a true crime narrative. And he interviews both victims and investigators to kind of get the full story about who the con queen of Hollywood is. Now, I discovered through reading that the con queen was born an Indonesian man whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce here. But we find that this person from 2015 to 2020 impersonated studio executives, Hollywood talent agents, and just any other Hollywood, um, you know, executive, A-lister, just anyone uh, with power in the industry to manipulate creators and gig workers and um, talent. And what is interesting, this person fleeced some targets for cash, like actual money, but the, the author is kind of really saying, and I think you'll come to this conclusion when you read it, that this person mostly reveled in just manipulating people and just watching people um, 
discover that they were scammed, watching that their excitement for this new project that they were invited to work on just kind of fell flat and all of that. Now, this is a very present day thing. The FBI arrested this person in late 2020, and this person is currently awaiting trial. And through reading, I mean, it is so clear this person is a criminal mastermind. It is jaw-dropping the things this individual has done. And um, yeah, I highly recommend you read it. So I think this is good for true crime fans. Um, Again, this is nonfiction and I highly recommend it. So I hope you give The Con Queen of Hollywood by Scott C. Johnson a go. Alrighty. So readers, I hope you had fun listening and learning more about Beach Reads alongside me. And I hope you felt inspired to pick up a book or three from my list of recommendations for 2023 Beach Reads. So quick recap. For romance, I'm recommending Ciao for Now by Kate Bromley. If you're looking for a cozy mystery, A Most Agreeable Murder by Julia Seals. If you're looking for contemporary fiction, Yellow Face by R.F. Kuang. If you're looking for a mystery and a thriller, Bad Summer People by Emma Rosenblum. If you're looking for historical fiction, The Beach at Summerley by Beatrice Williams. And if you're looking for a non-fiction, true crime narrative, The Con Queen of Hollywood by Scott C. Johnson. Now, readers, If you're looking for even more books to read this summer, don't forget to download your free copy of the Biblio Lifestyle 2023 Summer Reading Guide by visiting thesummerreadingguide.com. That's the word, the, T-H-E, summerreadingguide.com. This year's guide has 48 new books organised across eight categories. Plus in the guide, you'll also find recipes, summer activities, reading and lifestyle tips, classic books and a fun summer reading challenge. So get your free guide today when you visit thesummerreadingguide.com. Oh, and don't forget to please, pretty please, leave me a five-star rating, hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends and family. So as always, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. And I'm looking forward to talking with you again soon. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to the Reader's Couch podcast. Please subscribe to the show, share it with a friend, and take a few seconds to leave a rating and review. Until next time, stay lounging, stay reading, and whenever you're in doubt, go straight to your local bookstore or library. Thanks again for listening, and happy reading.